0: You have the widest view, you're in control of the space, meaning you can see all the opportunities that the world has to offer you.
1: Welcome to The Lavendaire Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavendaire Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Lavenderet Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today, we are learning about feng shui. We're learning all about how we can position our spaces in order for better flow of energy. So, our guest today is a feng shui expert, Angie Cho. Angie Cho is the founder of the Holistic Spaces blog, store, and podcast, as well as the co founder of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School, where she teaches courses. Angie is the feng shui expert at The Spruce, a regular contributor to Mind Body Green and has been featured in dozens of publications, including the New York Times, Apartment Therapy, and BuzzFeed. Hello, Angie. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be on with you. Yeah, I mean, I've like seen your work for a few years now. So I'm just so excited to have you share about feng shui to my audience. So I guess we can start with the basics. What Mm -hmm. is feng shui and why does it work?
0: Okay, so feng shui is an ancient art of place objects in the environment around you like your home or your office or your living spaces in order to optimize the flow of energy and the flow of qi so that you can have a more successful life. And the words feng shui actually translate to wind and water. So I think that says a lot because if you think about humans, what do we need to survive? We need wind, we need breath, and we need water. Those are like the two most important things for humans. So it's very much about how do we look at what are the most important elements for humans to survive and thrive in the world? Mm. When you say
1: flow of energy, I mean what determines what energy different items have in your home? Like how, how can you break that down for us?
0: Well, it's almost like scientific in a way, because we're it's scientific and it's spiritual also because energy is all the same thing. Like if we get down to the scientific perspective, we're all made of stardust, for instance, right? So so like the microphone in front of us, the air that we mm. breathe, yeah. the bodies that we have, and even the sun and the stars in the sky in our universe, we're all made of the same material. So we're all made of the same energy. And They've proven that through science, but also we know that we're all interconnected because we know like that if we do something, it affects somebody else, which affects something else, and we're all interrelated and interconnected. We don't live in bubbles where there's nothing impacting us. So really, that's what feng shui looks at. Like It's really about mindfulness of your spaces, like how mm. do you pay attention to all the details in the environment around you so that you can have you can have a place a space that nurtures and supports you and creates comfort and well-being and wellness rather than stress and difficulty and challenges it's it's just paying attention being mindful of your spaces yeah i mean i know i can get super detailed but can you walk us through the
1: basics of feng shui and any main tips that you think like everyone
0: should implement in their spaces sure um, one of the most important and simplest and also it's very much like common sense like it's this principle in feng shui called the commanding position and what the commanding position is it's a way to position yourself so that you are in command and uh, in command of your environment and that you have your eyes wide open so that you can see clearly with clarity with precision and without fear what what's coming t- what's coming towards you what's in your life and you can be prepared that is simply looking at well the most important places in your home to look at for the commanding position is your bed, your desk and your stove. So we could start with your bed, right? Cuz your bed represents okay. you. Think about yeah. how much time you spend in bed versus all the other places mm-hmm. you spend time at. So we spend a lot of time at our desks and our bed probably and maybe in cars, things like that. And yeah. so um the bed represents you. So the commanding position would be that you would position your bed so that when you're lying in bed you can see the door to your bedroom, but not be directly in line with the door of your bedroom. Okay, so like you can see it off to like the side, either the left or the right side. You mean? No, like pretend you're lying in bed, mm-hmm. and actually not like maybe like kind of sitting up in bed. Yeah, and your back is against the headboard. Hopefully you mm-hmm. have a headboard. Yeah, <laughs> and is that um, a must in feng shui? Like have to have a headboard? It's a. It's it's recommended. <laughs> Because if you don't have a headboard, it represents that you don't have stability in your life, especially uh. in, your, in your primary relationship, so with your partnership. Or in your mm-hmm. marriage, it means that you ha- you don't have support and you just don't have support in your life. So it really provides support. Okay. So you should have a headboard. Nice. If you don't have one, go get one. <laughs> nice. So, um, so yeah, so if you're sitting in bed and your back is against the headboard and you're looking straight, you want to be able to see the door without having to turn your head all the way to like 90 degrees to the left or 90 degrees to the right.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Yeah. So if the door is blocked from your view, it's not a good sign. Exactly. And Ah. it's very similar to like, say, a lot of people are very attuned to this, like in a restaurant, or if you're like in an office with a lot of cubicles, and you're sitting in a cubicle, Mm -hmm. nobody wants to sit with their back facing the door, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or with their back in the aisle, like, or if you're like in a cubicle, you don't want to sit where everyone's walking behind you and can see your computer screen and see what's going on. And you're not someone can come up behind you surprise you. If you're at a restaurant, there's all this activity, like wait, uh, wait staff walking behind you, people walking behind you. Or um, it's also like where would the mafia boss sit in a restaurant, right? Right. He has to see the door. He has to see the door. He'd be in the very back <laughs> yeah. with his back protected, the back of his neck protected, which is a very sensitive spot. Right. And yeah, but he could see like, here's a metaphor. You can see everything around you you have the widest view you're in control of the space meaning you can see all the opportunities that the world has to offer you and you're not hiding from them you're not turning your back to what is right in front of your face wow that's a pretty big
1: game changer because i'm sure most people don't have that
0: the layout like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the same thing goes for your desk yes same for your desk so ideally Mm -hmm. you want to position your desk so that you are not in line with the door. So if you're in line with the door, the energy, the chi from the the door comes straight at you. And that's it's often too quick. It's too fast. It's rushing. It's direct, coming directly at you. It's like if someone's pointing a knife at mm-hmm. you. So you want to be diagonal from the door. Ideally, like commanding position is generally diagonal from the door. But you could, so you could see the door. Right. You could see the widest view. You could see anyone that's coming in. And what that does is it relaxes your adrenal system. It relaxes your stress levels because you, you, when your back is facing the door, your old mind goes into fight or flight. Even though you may not be able to detect it on a subtle level, you're you're stressed out because your old mind doesn't know what's coming towards mm, you. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like your stove is also important if you are a at your stove cooking and you're not in the commanding position, you're actually putting a subtle level of stress into your food every day. Wait, so you mean when
1: you're cooking, you're facing the stove and you can't see the door?
0: Exactly. So you're,
1: so you're under a- I would argue most people's stoves are like positioned in a place where they can't see the door
0: when they're cooking, right? Yes. So So what do you do about that? So there's a correction. So the, okay, ideally you want to change the position, but obviously not a lot of people have the option. It's a big mm-hmm. deal to move the gas, a gas oh, yeah. stove. Yeah. So a lot of feng shui is actually remedial. So what you could do is position a mirror so that when you're at your stove, bed, or desk, if they cannot be put in command, and this is, and again, right. always the first choice mm-hmm. is to move the bed, desk, or stove so you can be in command. But if you can't, you can get a mirror and position it so that in the reflection, you can see the door.
1: Mm, interesting. Mhm. Okay. I mean, before we talk about more feng shui details, I want to talk about you because how did you get your start creating content about feng shui because now you're like an expert voice in this and I love how you're modernizing it, bringing it to western audiences. How did
0: that start? Well, first of all, thank you. I'm I'm glad that you picked up on that. I am really trying to modernize it and make it accessible to everyone and also bring it up to date so people don't think it needs to be fear-based or or super Asian looking, right? Mm -hmm. And we can say that because we're Asian, but yeah. (laughs) So how I started? Well, I studied and worked in architecture for many years. And I decided to start studying feng shui because I had gone through a personal shift during my Saturn return. And I realized I needed to incorporate more spirituality in my life. And so Mm -hmm. I started going to yoga and meditating and and then that naturally brought me to how do I incorporate incorporate this into what I do for a living? And so I started studying feng shui and I was really delighted that it really resonated with me. So I began to study feng shui and I actually got laid off during the recession. And so I thought that was a great time to take a 3-year certification program so I started studying feng shui and I was absolutely amazed at how my life mm-hmm. completely transformed like I I even got like a feng shui client before I even took a feng shui class oh. because because I already had a des- design experience so all these opportunities just started literally presenting themselves at my feet as when I started studying feng shui oh that's amazing so are Mm -hmm. you saying you started studying immediately started moving everything in your home yes I started moving (laughs) things in my home and then I started studying feng shui and then I took a decided to join a program and then my teachers helped me start a business because they would support me they were my mentors, so I had like really great mentors which they're still my mentors now were your teachers more western or eastern modern or what was it like so Here's a funny thing. Their, so their teacher, he passed the year that I started studying. Mm. So their teacher was Chinese. Mm-hmm. But... My teachers are American. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) No, that's okay. And it's the same thing. You know, I'm a Buddhist too. And in my spiritual practice, it's it's hilarious, because my most of my teachers are Caucasian, but they're teaching (laughs) Eastern philosophy. That's how
1: I feel sometimes, because I'm also Chinese American. And my mom, Uh she's also really into feng shui, but she Mm. reads Chinese books. She does all like, you know, it's hard for me to connect to that. But it As I'm getting into spirituality, like I went to Bali to do yoga, like there's a lot of Caucasians in that world and that those are my teachers too. And it's kind of, it's interesting.
0: Well, I think it's beautiful because really what happened was that I think the West is really primed and ready to start to receive the Eastern teachings, the spiritual teachings of Buddhism and Hinduism and so forth, those Eastern teachings. and So it was brought to the West when the West was ready to start learning it. And then it transformed a little bit. And I think it's just beautiful how now you and I, I mean, I think you were probably born in the States too, right? Yeah. Yep. So we're Americans, but we're Eastern. So we have it in our culture. We have it Mm -hmm. in our DNA. But it's interesting because I think that we'll be the ones that will bridge the gap and bring it back to Asia. Because, you know, Asia is becoming more and more westernized. So they're really starting to, Uh, yeah. yeah, they're really starting to yearn for more, of the dharma as well and spirituality so it's it's interesting we're really I think we can really as Asian people really embody like Western Asians living in America really embody this connection and really bridge the gap
1: yeah I agree yeah it's exciting (laughs) yeah so that's why I'm excited about what you're doing because I haven't seen many people talking about feng shui the way that you have
0: it's um interesting. I get I actually get a lot of Asian American people calling me and they're like, oh, my mom and mom's really into feng shui. But I don't really like the feng shui that she does. <laughs> <I've never laughs> like My mom looking.
1: puts like, like pennies in this corner and like little, you know, there's Chinese things that she puts in every corner, like a mm-hmm. gold pig here, a horse here. And yeah. I'm sure they all have a purpose. But it's, it's hard for me to start even understanding it without someone like you breaking it down.
0: Well, you know, the thing is also with a lot of spiritual teachings, a lot of them are lineage-based, especially in the East. And so that what that means lineage based doesn't just mean it's being passed down from teacher to teacher or student to student or teacher to student whatever it's it's part of the purpose is that it transforms with the time we see it now in our culture like so much is changing so quickly mm-hmm. the teachings the dharmic teachings and spirituality needs to change too so as the lineage moves forward it needs to adapt so it's not relevant, like it's not always relevant for everyone the way that feng shui was being presented. And for me, I'm presenting it the way that it's meaningful to me. And I, Mm -hmm. and I really want people, a lot of young people to be able or not even just young people, but people to be able to resonate with what they need now and what they need now has more to do with like, how do we work with our minds? How do we work with our hearts? How do we work with like our speedy lives that are so stressful? Yeah. We have so much stuff. Like, how do we make it useful to us now? Because it might not have been like the the ways that things were done before may not be relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just come from like what's helpful for me and what's really what makes my heart sing. Yeah. Love that.
1: Let's take a break to learn about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys know I love doing my own self-reflection through journaling, but sometimes I need an outsider's perspective to help me work through my issues and reveal what's holding me back. My favorite resource for that is BetterHelp's online counseling. I get to work out my thoughts with a professional counselor from the comfort of my own home. It's so convenient to be able to schedule a call or video chat when I need it. BetterHelp has 3,000 US licensed professional counselors specializing in everything from anxiety, relationships, anger, and more. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours. If you're ever unhappy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time with no additional charge. And of course, everything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is available on desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps. You can talk to your counselor through video, phone, online chats, or text. Best of all, BetterHelp is truly an affordable option and they also offer financial aid for those who qualify. As a special offer to the Lavender Lifestyle Listeners, you can get 10% off your first month with the discount code Lavendare. To get started with convenient, professional, and secure counseling today, go to betterhelp.com/slash lavendare. You'll fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and quickly get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com/slash lavendare. I want to talk more about feng shui for, you know, reducing the stress and chaos in your life. Oh, and yeah. I think by the time this, this podcast comes out, it's about the time for like spring cleaning, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about that, like decluttering. Do you have tips on, around that?
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because when feng shui was developed, there was no clutter, right? Because people didn't have so much stuff. But now mm-hmm. we do. And yeah. recently, I've become a little bit allergic to clutter. Uh, I had like a mini meltdown over the holidays because I was like, I don't need any more stuff because people kept giving me stuff that I'm just like, I don't want this stuff. Yeah. And And then I started to feel like I couldn't breathe because I just had, because it's so much to take care of. Mm-hmm. So clutter, while clutter is not the yeah. same thing as feng shui and there's not a lot of traditional feng shui teachings on clutter and also different people have different ideas of what clutter is, like on one hand, it's good to have things that you love around you because when there's nothing, we say that's very yin, there's no life. Like if you can visualize like two tables, one with nothing on it and one with like sunglasses on it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like the one with sunglasses on, on it has a personality. We want to have enough to have life energy. We don't want it totally empty. But with clutter, I think one thing to remember is that everything around you has energy just like we were talking yeah. about earlier and if you have a lot of things objects around you and all of them individually may have been amazing like oh like you know you went to bali so you got like this beautiful uh whatever like outfit when you're in bali and then you went to another place and you got a beautiful outfit there and then you you start to collect so many things because we have so many options but then it starts to, each beautiful object starts to lose its beauty because it's mm-hmm. in a room, it's it's in your house full of many beautiful objects. So it's really about paring down to what you really love and being able to let go of things. And then one tip that I like to give for clutter is to just work with nine things at a time. So maybe have a goal of letting go of nine things a week. Mm-hmm. And nine is an auspicious number in feng yeah. shui. Put on your calendar like nine books or nine objects a week. So like the first week could be like, I'm going to donate nine books. And then another is like, I'm going to donate nine pieces of clothing and so forth. So mm. that's really manageable when you just have a few things. Okay. And um, another tip I like to give with decluttering, especially in in relationship to the closet, is that all of us probably have a really full closet, right? Do you have a really full closet? Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've decluttered a lot, but yeah, I still love clothes. so.
0: Me, yeah, me too. I have so mm-hmm. many clothes, and it and it's interesting how like if you make some space in your closet, suddenly you find a lot of other things to buy, and it gets filled up again, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what the universe tends to do. That when you have some space, there's a vacuum that create is created, and your the universe just wants to fill it. So. Similarly, if you have, for instance, your closet so full that you don't have room for anything else, that's the message you're sending the universe that my life is really full.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I have no I don't need anything more. Yeah. Meaning I don't need to attract a new relationship. I don't need to attract new opportunities. I don't need to attract a new amazing friendship or a new amazing experience. But when we can let go and create some space and create a gap, then the universe can you can you can attract and magnetize something that you never thought could happen.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense because if you create space for something, the universe will like if there's room for something to enter your life. Exactly. I, I've felt that definitely. Anytime I declutter. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have some Facebook and Instagram questions from our community. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. Diana asks, are there any items that are always good to bring into your home? And are there any items you might want to avoid having?
0: Yes. It's always, almost always good to have healthy, green living plants in your home. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm looking at two new plants I just got in the last few months. So what plants represent is wood energy. There's five, a theory or a philosophy called five elements in Taoism. And it's one of the basic principles of feng shui and a lot of other modalities like Chinese medicine and Tai Chi and, and the I Ching and so forth. So wood element represents healing energy, nature energy, vital energy, and it, and it supports kindness, human heartedness and flexibility. Because if you think about the qualities of a plant, they all embody these. So Having healthy green plants in your home is always good feng shui. Ideally, round so- – if you want to just generalize, round soft leaves are ten- tend to be better feng shui than like sharp pointy needles because, mm-hmm. because you don't like – you know, the idea is like a cactus with pointy needles. You don't – you can't right. get that close to. Now, that might be appropriate for somebody, but in general, soft leaves or like heart shaped leaves if you want to attract mm. a partner so similarly to some uh, on the botanical section you don't want to want to have dead dying plants or dried flowers things like that now sometimes people keep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something like a bouquet because it's like sentimental that's a whole different story uh. but if you're bringing it if you're just like leaving if you you you're decorating your house with lots of dried flowers and roses. That What that is, is that it it's bringing in dead energy. So mm. it's not good feng shui. Mm.
1: Right. So if you have a plant that's dying, should you get rid of it?
0: <laughs> well, I think that first, this is how plants teach you a lot about kindness and flexibility. First, mm-hmm. you know, of course, try to heal it if you can. But if you can't, then you kindly dispose of it. Like, and I wouldn't just throw it in the trash. You can offer some ceremony, like maybe you put in the compost or you wrap it up. You can wrap it up in a little um, in a nice piece of paper and thank it for just like the Marie Kondo thing. Like just, this is what they do in the, um, in Asia, like in the Shinto religion, but also like I study Ikebana, Japanese flower arranging. And when we dispose of our cut flowers you don't just throw them in the trash without any ceremony, without any thought with like your coffee grounds and everything else. think it, it was an offering. It offered something. Yeah. So let go of it with ceremony. But first try to heal it. Yeah. If you can't heal it, then let it go. Wow. And I think
1: because they're like plants are living things, it, it's even more important to like pay attention to how you like, you know, thank it and let it go rather than just like toss it away.
0: Yeah, you know, what makes me really sad is a lot of people get orchid plants. And mm-hmm. then when the or the flower dies, they, they I guess they think that it's dead, but it's there's a whole plant there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know really what you mean. Oh. Another question from Ginger,
1: are there any good or bad times in terms of time of day or time of the year to start implementing
0: feng shui into your home? That's a great question. So in general, My approach is that nothing is good or bad looking that's looking at the world in duality and good and bad are the same two sides of the same coin, right? So it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to say it's good or bad, but there are more advantageous times for certain things. And that would specifically be uh, based on what you want to do. But in general, like if I'm going to do a feng shui consultation or if I want to do something special, like a special space clearing or Anything between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. are the most young hours of the day. So that's like young means like the most active, the most masculine, the most bright. It's like the, you know, it's like the sun at high noon. Yeah. So it's like so that's the most active time. So if you want to, like, for instance, launch a new website or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or you want to go in for some something big between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., is the most active time of day. And then alternatively, between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. is the most yin hours of the day. Okay. So it's midnight. So that's a good time to work with anything hidden or anything secret or to kind of subtly move through, like, confusion. So it's a good time, like, if you want to start considering, like, if if you really need to, I don't know, let go of something or work through some confusion – that's a good time to contemplate or or work or implement some kind of feng shui cure. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, like midday, r- noon versus like midnight
1: time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like it's like common sense. Yeah, that's what I find about a lot of these things. Like it at first you're like, oh, feng shui, it sounds so like woo woo and spiritual. But then you explain it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because we we feel
0: these changes in energy in our lives, you know? Yes, absolutely. Because it goes back to just being able to slow down and be mindful. And when we can slow down enough, it's actually very obvious. Yeah.
1: And now I have some rapid fire questions for you that I ask all of our guests. Okay. Okay. Angie, what does your dream life look like?
0: Well, I'm in my dream life now, but if I can make it a little bit more dreamier, I would have a penthouse apartment in New York City. Where I just have a one bedroom now. <laughs> That's okay. What is one book or resource that you
1: recommend to everybody?
0: Oh, I have a book. Actually, it's called Holistic Spaces, 108 Ways to Create a Mindful and Peaceful Home, and I would recommend that. It's on Amazon. Okay.
1: And I'll link that in the show notes. What is one habit that has changed your life? Meditation do you do it every day or what's your ritual
0: yeah so i try to meditate every day i i've recent my new year's resolution is to up it to 40 minutes a day but Ooh. but i didn't meditate today that's the secret but, i mean it's the day's not over yes yes But a yeah, okay. meditation sitting meditation
1: yeah what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten it's only
0: weird if you make it weird okay you might need some background <laughs> <on that>. okay <laughs> oh, oh well, that was it, it
1: that was it. Yeah, I, thought it's, it's gonna, I thought you were gonna I thought you're gonna
0: say something after that like it's only weird if you make it weird here it is yeah, no but it's that's like well okay there's two, two. One is it's only weird if you make it weird so I think a lot of times we we wonder if some, you're like oh did I offend that person or is this kind of is this a weird situation and you're kind of you're going through all these possibilities in your head and you're – it's only weird because you made it weird. Oh, yeah. You should just talk to them and oh, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> That's funny. And and the other one I had one more is what's mm-hmm. what's the worst case scenario?
1: Mm. And like, when so, do you use
0: that? For instance, when I decided to quit all my freelance job or I had a freelance job and just to go 100% on my business, someone told me, um, what's the worst thing that could happen? And so I thought about it. I said, "Okay, if I quit my freelance job and I'm just doing my business, the worst thing that could happen is that I have to get another freelance job. So I realized I was living my worst case scenario out of fear. Oh, yeah. And that's so eye opening because you're like, why not?
1: Why not just try the business?
0: Yeah. So so always look at like, what's the worst case scenario? Because you might be already living it because you're too scared to move forward. Ooh, I love that. It was really good advice.
1: The last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about
0: life is for me, it's walking my dogs along the East River every day. So sweet, and I love New York City, and I love I live on the river, so I. That's the best thing about life: to be present with nature and to be with your loved ones. What kind of dogs do you have? I have two Chihuahuas. Oh cute. Yeah. Perfect city dogs. Mm-hmm. All right, Angie, where can our listeners find you online? They can find me at angiecho.com. That's A-N-J-I-E-C-H-O.com or at holisticspaces.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Spaces.com. You're such a
1: podcast expert. You know how to spell everything out.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just thinking. I'm like, do I remember how to spell my own? Well, I'm,
1: but I'm glad I pulled it off. You did so well. All right. Thank you so much, Angie. I loved talking to you and learning about feng shui. And I'm sure our listeners and myself want to learn so much more. If so, listen to her podcast and follow her blog, Holistic Spaces. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, hope you enjoyed learning about feng shui today in our interview. I am so ready to rearrange my spaces, my office, and my bedroom to get the flow of energy right. And I hope that you are as well. So now I'm just going to wrap up some key takeaways from our conversation. So the first tip that's important to know is to always position your bed, your desk, or your stove in a commanding position, which means a position where you can see the door. You're not directly in front of the door, but you can see it without having to turn your head left or right, like full 90 degrees or to have the door hidden from your sight. And the reason why you want to do that is you want to be able to see the opportunities that are coming into you. You don't want to be hidden from them or even have your back turned away from those opportunities. I think right now my office, the way it's set up is my back is turned away from the door. So I'm like, oh no, I got to change that. So, the second tip is a reminder that decluttering is the perfect way to make space for the new. If you have so much clutter and a full closet of stuff, you're telling the universe that your life is full and you are not ready for new things. You have enough and it's like already too much for you to deal with. So, if you want to make space for new things, whether it's a new job, new relationship, or a new direction in life, try your hand at decluttering. And the last tip is it's always good to have. Plants in your home. It's best if they're soft, round leaves instead of like spiky, hard leaves. And if you're getting rid of anything, especially like dead plants, make sure to thank them, give them kind of like a mini ceremony to say goodbye. Treat that thing with respect rather than just like throwing it out as if it has no meaning because everything does carry a certain energy. And if you treat your things with kindness and respect, that energy will come back to you. Alright, that's it for today. Let me know if you guys want more episodes on feng shui, because I have a feeling I want to talk about this topic a little more and learn more about it. So, Until next time, love you so much. Bye! All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.